0: Got to get used to that now. It's kind of weird. Okay. Uh, Take your Bibles, if you would please. Um, Go to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Um, we're actually going to do a rehash, a recap of what we looked at eight weeks ago. Um, the last time we met was eight weeks ago. I guess it's a week nine. Um, and I thought for us to get back into the groove, it'd be good for us to just kind of do a recap, repeat, and we'll kind of look at some main aspects of this chapter because... Um, Excuse me, because just the the weight of the section that we're looking at in chapters 24 and 25, I'll, I'll bring that up in just a moment, uh, kind of the, the overview. But let me first, um, if I could, read Matthew chapter 24, the first 35 verses. We did that <coughs> about eight weeks ago. Uh, I'll read the first 35 verses, and then we'll jump in. Do I have it up here? Yeah. Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 1. And Jesus came out from the temple and was going away when his disciples came up to point out the temple buildings to him. And answering, he said to them, do you not see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone here shall be left upon another which will not be torn down. And he was sitting on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be? And what is the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And answering Jesus said to them, See that no one misleads you. Verse 5, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. And you'll be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not frightened, for it must take place, but it is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes but all these things are the beginning of birth pangs then they will deliver you to tribulation will kill you and you'll be hated by all nations on account of my name and at that time many will fall away and will deliver up one another and hate one another and many false prophets will arise and will mislead many and because lawlessness is increased The love of people will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a witness to all the nations, and then the end shall come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel, the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, Let him who is on the housetop not go down to get the things that are out in his house and let him who is in the field not turn back to get his cloak but woe to those who are with child and those who nurse babes in those days but pray that your flight may not be in the winter on the Sabbath for then there will be a great tribulation such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now nor ever shall and unless those days had been cut short no life would have been saved But for the sake of the elect, those days shall be cut short. Then, if anyone says to you, Behold, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I've told you in advance. If, therefore, they say to you, Behold, he's in the wilderness, don't go there. Behold, he's in the inner rooms, don't believe. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. But immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. <clears throat> and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. Then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet and they will gather together his elect from four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. Now, learn the parable from the fig tree. Verse 32. When his branch has already become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer's near. Even so, in the same way you also, when you see all these things, recognize that he is near. (coughs) At the door. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Folly Ravuahangi? Sorry, Folly, if you're watching. I butchered your last name. Um, He wrote an article in the Africa Gospel Coalition. He titled it, Five Habits in Isolation. I'm sorry, Five Habits Christians in Isolation Can Cultivate. Five Habits Christians in Isolation Can Cultivate. Number four was this. Keep looking forward. Listen to what Folly says, quote, There is an attentiveness or alertness, a diligence that is evident in the life of someone who expectantly waits for the return of the Lord, Titus 2.13. We will watch and pray if we truly look forward to Christ's return, Matthew 26.41. Faith is marked by prayerful waiting. Luke 18:8 eight. Our hope is not in the doctors finding a cure for COVID-19 nor is our hope in life, quote, going back to the normal, end quote. Though these are honorable thoughts, our hope is ultimately in the return of Jesus Christ. For he will right every wrong, And abolish sin along with its effects once and for all. We fear when we forget how the story ends. End quote. I'll give you another quote later on in the service from this article that Folly wrote. Great way to look at things in our world. Or at least the way we as Christians should see things. So, we're doing a recap for us as we look at Matthew's gospel, the driving force of Matthew's gospel is bow down and worship Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, the King of Israel. And we do that until he comes, because when he comes, then we'll just do that automatically. Until he comes again amid the tragedies miseries falsities apostasy and infidelity and all the storms and difficulties of this life we have the surety that our king will faithfully come again and gather us to himself we have that confidence this virus is not the end of the world it's not But amid all these things that are happening in our world we have the assurance that our king will faithfully come again and gather us to himself Uh, the fact that we know what God will do in the future should deeply affect our lives now alert fidelity faithful fruitful service mission love for Christ for others us as Jesus' disciples we'll face perilous pains we'll face Messiah pretenders wars, famines, earthquakes persecution, apostasy many false prophets yet Jesus called us them, us not to be misled uh, to realize the end is not yet and to persevere as his disciples and to persevere in mission. So here are chapters 24 and 25 of Matthew, a large section of teaching that Jesus gives. It's, it's answering the disciples' question and it's a huge teaching section. Uh, and yet, even in the midst of this, the majority of this, of chapters 24 and 25, is set to the appeals from Jesus to us as his disciples to stay alert, to be trustworthy and compassionate. Uh, to put it a different way, there's two parts to this. The what, Jesus returning and everything, and the so what. So because Jesus is returning, uh, how do we respond to this? And so today we'll look at the what. I'll give you little bits and pieces of the so what, but really, because Jesus gives little bits and pieces of the so what, but really um, the main aspect of, of, of these first 35 verses of chapter 24 is the what. Alert, fidelity, faithful, love for Christ. You'll see that so what coming up. Jesus predicted the temple's destruction of 70 AD which is an initial fulfillment of what's ultimately gonna be fulfilled at the end of the world at his return. So we take the view of initial fulfillment and then fuller, ultimate fulfillment. Initial fulfillment in 70 AD yet ultimate fulfillment is yet to happen. Uh, kind of another way to put it is the near And the far fulfillment, near fulfillment, and far fulfillment. So I'm not a preterist. Everything in 70 AD happened, and everything here in Matthew 24 happened in 70 AD. No, no, I'm not a preterist. Nor am I a futurist. That nothing in Matthew 24 has not happened at all. I'm not either one. We see initial fulfillment and fuller fulfillment. Because the temple destroyed anticipates a worldwide destruction. But it's urgent. He's coming. So are you going to come to him? Are you going to trust Christ? Are you going to take this seriously and the urgency of the call that you would take seriously the call that Jesus gives to you, that you would repent, that you would trust Christ, that you would come to him, that you would embrace Jesus to be your Savior and Lord? So notice, if you would, the first three verses of of this we'll do a short little recap here. He comes out of the temple Jesus in verse 1 and the disciples are pointing out the beautiful buildings of the temple which it was. Herod's temple was beautiful. In verse 2 though Jesus responds, not one stone here shall be left upon another which will not be torn down. And that truly happened in 70 AD. He's sitting on the Mount of Olives and his disciples they asked him a two-part question. When will these things be and what is the sign of your coming? which in their thinking would be his coming is the end of the age. And then verses four through 35, again, Jesus gives the what and actually even the when, but it's vague because Jesus is not so concerned about uh, trying to figure out when it's gonna happen. He's more concerned about how we live and waiting expectantly for him to come. So let's begin this, uh, I got, I think three different parts to this. Number one, the beginning birth pains. I know it's pangs, but I'm using pains, P-A-I-N-S. Beginning birth pains, known as first falsities, false messiahs, verse four, answering, he said, see that no one mislead you. Why? For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will mislead many. Don't be misled. Deception will happen by these false Messiahs, and unfortunately, many people believe them. Falsities, false messiahs, tragedies, verses 6 through 8. And you'll be hearing of wars and wars of wars. See that you're not frightened, for it must take place, but the end is not yet. 4, verse 7 nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Various places will be famines, earthquakes, aggression, natural disasters. Uh, which is uh, going to bring about disease and sickness as well. Yet these things do not signify the end. You know, our first inclination, as we see these things happen, is like, "Oh, we're we're this is the end times." No, it's not. Jesus says here in verse uh, uh, verse eight, but all these things are the beginning of birth pangs. The beginning of the birth. Pains, the first stages of tragedies to come upon the world. For those of you women who are have been pregnant and you're about to have birth, kind of using this illustration, the beginnings of it, the Braxton Hicks that are contracting the stomach, the baby's starting to get ready for you to deliver the baby, so there's just the beginning of the, but you're not having the baby, well, although, unless you're my wife, who was, no uh, yeah, baby comes fast you know so get, get me to the hospital right now right oh, gee good thing Jamin didn't come out in the elevator uh, but so, so this is the idea it's just the beginning of these birth pains these falsies these tragedies so while the world freaks out in a panic we remain calm and steadfast in our Lord so don't be surprised by these things A woman who's about to give birth, she's not surprised, she knows. It's just the beginning. Falsities, tragedies, and notice these next four. Miseries, apostasies, trickeries, infidelity. Try to get the E type thing, you know, preachers do stuff like that. So you remember it, right? 9 through 12. Uh, Verse 9, then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. You'll be hated by all nations on account of my name. Disciples of Jesus will face tribulation, murder, and universal hatred all because they follow Jesus. All because you're a follower of Jesus. And this difficult kind of pressure will cause many to stumble. Notice verse 10, at that time many will fall away. And will deliver up one another and hate one another. Cause many people to stumble and, and turn on their brethren. They'll be betrayers. False prophets will trick and mislead people away from the truth. Notice verse 11, many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. And because lawlessness increase, most people's love, the love of most people will grow cold people's in other words people's love for Christ and each other will grow cold misery apostasy trickery infidelity these will be difficult days indeed notice he says um, because lawlessness is increased so there's an increase of evil both Outside the church and even inside the church. Because the love of people for Christ, for each other, they'll become cold. They won't want to be around each other. They won't want anything to do with this Christianity thing that they once said that they love Christ. That's why. It's called for us to have a hot love for Jesus. So falsities, tragedies, miseries, apostasies, trickeries, infidelity. But notice here, in verses 13 and 14, she says, put something here in the middle. Firm fidelity to Christ and the mission, verse 13. But the one who endures to the end, he shall be saved. Firm fidelity to the gospel, to Christ, to our Lord and, and to his mission we'll see that in verse 14 amid all these horrifying tragedies and trickeries and infidelity true disciples of Jesus will endure to the end and will be saved Because it's not about your declaration of being a Christian now it's not about you having a good beginning as a Christian what about now now where are you add with Christ now are you trusting Jesus how are you responding now to the Lord Notice verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a witness to all the nations, and then the end shall come. With this perseverance comes this proclamation of the gospel kingdom to the whole world, a testimony to all the nations to the great fact of Jesus' person and work. He is the Son of God, and He died on behalf of sinners as a substitute for sinners. So these authentic followers of Christ are called to fidelity and perseverance in their obedience to Jesus. Notice even the contrast with the lawlessness. God sustains us, and God keeps His faithful ones. He will. Also, want you to notice: there's no mention of the church being raptured away. There's no hint of the church being taken out of this. If you couple this with Paul's, word in first, Paul's words in First Thessalonians and the trumpet sound, in short, I believe we will go through this tribulation. Or, I, in, other, in other words, I'm what's called a post tribulationist But wherever you're at with that, notice just right here in the middle, Jesus is trying to give a call even to being uh, um, faithful to the gospel, to Christ and to his mission. So you have the beginning of the birth pains and then you have number two perilous birth pains. You ladies having a baby just start really getting stronger. It's like, oh, okay. let go. You got to take me to the hospital now, honey. What, what, what? What am I supposed to do? Three o'clock in the morning. What? Okay. Jim, yes. Take me to the hospital. Okay just kind of out of it right she's with it I'm not with it so perilous birth pains verses 15 through 28 notice first what happens the abomination verse 15 therefore when you see the abomination of desolation which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place let the reader understand what's he talking about well the temple will be desecrated and the phrase abomination of desolation alludes to what happens in Daniel chapter 11 Daniel read Daniel (laughs) that was cool Uh, Daniel read Daniel Daniel hi Daniel and uh, earlier Daniel chapter 7 the abomination of desolation alludes to Daniel chapter 11 and it's linked or it happened in 167 BC with Antiochus Epiphanes who set up a pagan idol in the temple. He sacrificed a pig. It was blasphemous. So now, about 28, 29, 30, 31 A.D., Jesus predicted a future desecration, which happened in 70 A.D. with the Romans. You would not have a Gentile walk into the temple. It would be blasphemous and it will happen again in the future. So what does that mean? The temple needs to be rebuilt. So I believe that a temple needs to be rebuilt in Israel, in Jerusalem, for this to take place this is why Jesus calls it the abomination it's why he says that the reader understand it's why we believe this was an initial fulfillment and then there's a future fulfillment taking place in the future this is a key sign to what will happen next because antichrist will come the beast or 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 the man of lawlessness so I want you to understand, historical desolations anticipate a later future eschatological desolation. Historical desolations, with took place 167, 70 AD, anticipates future eschatological desolations What will happen in the future. It's happened before, and it's gonna happen again. The abomination, then notice now the tribulation, verse sixteen. Then that those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, whom is on the housetop not go down and get the things out of his house, verse eighteen. Who the one who is in the field not turn back to get his cloak. Woe to those who are with child, and those who nurse babes in those days. Pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. So he's saying all these things. Disciples flee to the mountains for safety because the siege of Jerusalem would take place. Now, by the way. Christians literally did this in 70 A.D. Not enough time to go inside to get your supplies. Get out now. It'd be hard for women who are pregnant or nursing to be able to flee. Hopefully it's not going to be praised on the winter on the Sabbath. Why? Verse 21, 4. Then there will be a great tribulation such as such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever shall. What's next is the Great Tribulation. It will begin then. So, when you see this abomination of desolation, that's a key sign that the Great Tribulation is about to take place. Nothing is like it ever, or, or ever shall again be like it a major atrocity will come upon the whole world truly horrible times after the temple it will be desolated and yet notice the, the small promise that Jesus gives here in verse 22 those days have been cut short no life would have been saved but for the sake of his chosen ones the elect those days shall be cut short. Yet God loves and cares for His people. He'd show it by cutting short those days for them and would be ready to deliver them. Yes, we go through it, but He's going to be gracious to us, even in the midst of these horrible times. So you have... The abomination, again, underneath the perilous birth pains, the abomination, the tribulation, and then now a third aspect of this, of the perilous birth pains, major deception. Notice a major deception first through false miracles, verses 23 to 25. Therefore, if they say to you, behold, here's the Christ, or, or there, don't believe for false Christ's, and false prophets will rise and will show great signs and wonders us to mislead if possible, even the elect. False messiahs and prophets would increase as a way to mislead if it was possible, even the elect. These miraculous signs that they would do would look so real and so good that in hard times, some would be tempted to listen. Miraculous signs, miracles, they were posted on YouTube, so you could see it and watch it. It's not a farce, even though most of the things you see today are a farce. But these things are going to look so good so that the vulnerable will be tempted to listen. And notice what, what Jesus does here in verse 25. "Behold, I've told you in advance. look!" He's saying, "Remember, make a note," he says. I'm warning you. Persevere. Be strong. This major deception will come through false miracles, but also through false claims. He says, verses 26 to 28. Therefore, if they say to you, Behold, he's in the wilderness, don't go. He's in the inner rooms, don't believe. They'll say Christ is in a secret place or some obscure place. Yeah, I knew it. Jesus, he's right there at Walmart. He has the little sign up. I, I know that's him. It has to be. No. Look at look, look, look what he says. Verse 27. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. His coming will be open and public. Unmistakably clear, like lightning flashing across the sky. Everyone sees lightning flash. I mean, especially at night. You're looking at, at night, looking at the whoa. Do you see that? Whoa, yeah, I saw something flash. Holy cow! I need to be told where the lightning is. It lights up the sky, and then Jesus gives us like weird, odd. Like you read and you go, what? Type of pithy statement. Verse 28, wherever the corpse is there, the vultures will gather. Um, think of it this way. The corpse stands for the signs Jesus just mentioned. That's the corpse. And, and then the vulture stand for his coming. So the corpse is the signs. of vultures is coming. When a corpse is on the ground, the vultures circle and then they come. That's the idea. So you have... Beginning birth pains, perilous birth pains, and then finally, birth. Jesus comes. Here comes the baby. Verse 29, look at what Jesus says. But immediately after the tribulation of those days, those are those important words. <clears throat> Doesn't come later, doesn't come Immediately after that great tribulation, these specific signs will precede Jesus' return. The sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the heavens, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. These are Old Testament passages, references. You find these things in in, in, uh, uh, Daniel's book, Isaiah, Joel, Zechariah, Haggai, Ezekiel. These are apocalyptic images. They indicate his appearance. Notice verse 30, and then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. All the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sevens with power and great glory. The sign, the sign, that is, the Son of Man will come with power and great glory, and everyone will see Him. Everyone will see Him. Jesus says here, uh, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn, which is also quoted by John, and John, the book of Revelation, chapter 1. This either means repentance or despair, or maybe it's both he will gloriously come on the clouds and the nations will grieve because they'll see him. It'll be very clear. And notice what he says here in verse 31. He will send forth his angels with a great trumpet. A trumpet will sound and as Paul says, the dead in Christ will rise first. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Then the others will come afterwards. Our Lord will come and gather His elect from all the nations. The angels will come from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. It means the north, the south, the east, the west, throughout the whole earth, this will happen. So all the persecution, all the tragedy, all the hatred, all the killings, all the sickness, all the disease, it all comes to an end for God's people. The angels will come and rescue us from our peril. There's no reason to fear because our king will come for us. He'll come and take us home. And the appearance of our king means deliverance for us, God's people. So these things mean, these things mean terror to those who are faithless. Terror to those who do not respond to Christ. Terror to those who are not followers of Jesus. Terror to those who are not his disciples. But for us who love Christ, for us who follow Jesus, for us who are Christians, for us who believe in him and his resurrection and have embraced him as Savior and Lord, for us it's comfort. Comfort to the faithful. And then knows what Jesus does in verse 32 to 35. Now, learn the lesson. See, know, trust. See, learn the parable from the fig tree. When its branches already become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. Jesus' coming is near and it will definitely happen. Trees have begun to bud and blossom. Spring is here. Summer's coming. It's already hot like summer. The bearing of fruit, it's here. It's around the corner. For some trees are already bearing the fruit. So Jesus says, verse 33, in the same way you also, when you see all these things, what are all these things? These preliminary signs that anticipate His return as a fig tree budding is a sure sign that summer's near. In the same way also, all these things are reliable indicators that Jesus' coming is near. He's near at the door. He's right there. And notice Jesus has not given us a time period. He just kind of, doesn't really. he doesn't care about that. Just look at these signs I've given you. Vague as they are. Things for you need to be watching out for. See, no, verse 34. Shall I say to you, this generation this generation will not pass away till all these things take place. What does he mean by this generation? Jesus' contemporaries, of course. They will be the ones who would see the signs that indicate his coming which includes the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D. remember it's about 28, 29, 30, 31 A.D. right now so about 40 years later the temple is going to be destroyed which points to what will happen in the future see, know, trust Notice what Jesus says in verse 34 excuse me, verse 35 heaven and earth will pass away but my word shall not pass away. The promise of his coming is completely and totally reliable. His words are God's words, eternal and authoritative. He has spoken. We can trust with total dependence. His words are God's words because Jesus is God the eternal Son of God. He is eternal. Therefore, He has all authority. His words are Scripture. We can trust His word and trust what He said. So here's that recap of these first 35 verses. Mm -hmm. The what, so to speak. Got a little bit of the so what but the what of his coming. So may we not allow the events that are taking place in our world create fear. May we not allow these events to create such fear. May we be vigilant to alertness, fidelity, faithfulness, fruitfulness, mission and loving Christ and others. We can completely depend upon our Lord. I mean, the fact that we know what God will do in the future should deeply affect our lives in that way alert, fidelity, faithful, fruitful, mission, service, loving each other, loving Christ. The virus is not the end of the world. Amid the tragedies, miseries, falsities, apostasy, infidelity, all the storms and difficulties of life, we have the surety that our king will faithfully come again and gather us to himself. We have that confidence. Keep an eternal mindset. May we keep that eternal mindset, brethren. Folly, once again, he says, quote, Panic stirs when we forget that God is still on the throne. Psalm 115 verse 3. We fret when we live as if there were not an afterlife of abundant joy in His presence awaiting us. Look up and fix your gaze on the author and perfecter of your faith. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Cultivate a habit of looking forward to Christ's return. And then this point he ends it with this question. How will others put their trust in our God if they see us dread the current state of affairs as much as they do? How will others put their trust in our God if they see us dread the current state of affairs as much as they do let's pray father we know we are we need to be good stewards we know our responsibility we don't want to be foolish And yet, Father, we pray that we can have an eternal perspective. It's hard when the media and Facebook says otherwise. help us not to be flippant we don't want to be flippant we don't want to be careless we don't want to be for lack of of better terms we don't want to be jerks but yet the other on the other side of things on the flip end of things help us not to fear you're faithful and good you're faithful and true